The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rock. Wear the mask. I will not wear the mask. I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this. I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmony sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. Okay, I don't know what happened here, but anyway, we're going to cut down the jets here and go with whatever. I don't know what happened with the video. It just stopped playing. It was really weird. Uh, anyway, <laughs> good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. Where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for my Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right. You see the faces made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and there'll be two videos at the top of the screen. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday. You can click on and play that up until 3 o'clock this afternoon, which I don't know if he's going to be live or if he's going to have a uh, educational video. I have no idea, but that'll change at 3 o'clock. Okay, And then on the right side of the page is where we're at. 
click on that, push the play button and uh, blow it up whatever device you got. And then click on the Rumble icon in the bottom right hand corner. Join us in the chat on Rumble. we got a few people in there on Rumble, a lot of people on Facebook, a lot of people on DLive and some other things like that. So uh, join us over there. We'd love to see you this morning and uh, be, be, you know, we're going to for the first time here. I don't really have a phone line. This is like my Google voice, which I never use. OK, um, and, and so if you call in after the show's over, nobody's going to answer it. OK, just telling you. But uh, <clears throat> if you want to call in, this will be your show. I can only take one call at a time. So if you get a busy signal, just, you know, or wait till the person gets off. If, if somebody calls in, I don't even know if anybody will call in, but I'm, I'm going to open up to you. It'll be your show this morning um, to call in 803-619-9855. 803-619-9855. And uh, yeah, if you call in, uh, you'll You'll hear things going on. I won't know who it is. So, you know, I'll just bring you up and you can say what you're thankful for and uh, to who you're thankful. That's an important thing because a lot of people say they're grateful and they're thankful and they're not believers. And it's like they just, I guess, they're thankful to themselves. That's kind of the way it comes across. We're going to give thanks and glory to God this morning for all the things he's done. So, uh, if you want to call in, that's the number 803-619-9855, and I'll, I'll pick you up one by one, as many of you who want to call in this morning. Um, right up on where, where we're streaming live, and by the way, we're streaming live not only on, on Sons of Liberty Media.com, but also to Rumble, Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the channel there. Before it's news.com, top of the page, dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty, Twitter at the Real Tim Brow, leave off the end off the end of my name, put a two there, the Real Tim Brow two, and you're good. And then also Twitch, if you're over on Twitch, uh, the real Tim Brown. You can find us over there. Uh, the, our, you can sign up for our email newsletter right under where we're streaming live. One of those a day, late in the evening. And then also, if you want our ministry email, sonsoflibertyradio.com is where you can sign up for that. If you would like to support us and keep us out there doing what we're doing, there's a donate button at the top of the page, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that and make a one-time donation. You can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of Liberty. And again, we really do appreciate you guys. You you keep us out there doing things like even what we're doing today. Um, and by the way, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Uh, my wife was uh, setting up a little bit uh, here tonight. Behind me is our dining room table, and uh, she's got that pretty much filled up. And then I think the other table that's in the little small room off the kitchen is full of stuff and the bar is probably that's on the kitchen is probably full of you know plates and stuff like that so we're expecting um, a big bunch today and um and, and thankful to god for that i i i see god's promises fulfilled in our family despite my failings flaws sins mistakes unfaithfulness, whatever the case may be, I see God's promises faithful in our family. And it's not because our family's so great. It just, I just told you. Um, but it's because we serve a good God. And who is, as we read the other day, his mercy endures forever to, to his people. It endures forever. Uh, for those who are outside of him, it does not endure forever. And this is why we want to make sure that you understand the gospel because God has already demonstrated his love towards sinners in that while they are rebellious towards him, violating his law, thumbing their nose at him, giving them the middle finger, he sent his son to die for sinners such as this one right here. 
And the message is always to repent. It is always to turn from sin and turn to God, be reconciled to him through what he did through his son. And by the way, I was thinking about this with the, the whole zeitgeist crowd and other people who don't like the name zeitgeist, but they push the same thing about mother and child religions and stuff. Not one of those had the creator send his son to die in the place of the people. They were accidental deaths and they were silly deaths and stuff like this. You don't think Satan understood in the garden when the, when the, the pro-evangelion was given out that God was going to send a son to crush his head? You, you don't think that he figured that out and was up for his uh, deceiving of the people? Yeah, he sure was. But only the creator sent his only son that he might redeem us back unto himself. Now, with that said, I, you know, the show is about Thanksgiving. So again, if you want to call in, I, I'd love to hear from you. I really would. And you know, it's funny, uh, in my dad's church, this was years ago, he would often ask, you know, does anybody have anything they want to give glory to God for? They want to give thanks to God for. And you could hear a pin drop sometimes. And then sometimes it was like, it took up the whole time we were there. We'd be there for an hour and a half or two hours, people just thanking God for what he had done in their lives. And so this is your time. You know, let them hear your praise in the congregation, right? <laughs> speak up, speak out. 803-619-9855. And I, I'll try to make sure that this comes through. I hope everything's coming through. I got something saying there's something in the browser that keeps it from doing this, that, or the other, but it usually hits my phone too. So here's what I want to start out with. Um, <clears throat> well, before, before we get to the thankfulness, which I guess I already dipped my toe into, a couple of things on sunslibertymedia.com I just want to point to. Uh, Bradley's article from yesterday, they're not the victims. False prophets and false teachers are God's judgment upon a people that would have it so. That's actually true. Deuteronomy, both 13 and I think it's 18 both, says, uh, you know, when a false prophet comes in among you, it deals with the false prophet who tells you something's going to happen and it doesn't happen. And he tell, it tells you how to deal with the false prophet who tells you that something's going to happen. It does happen, but he leads you after a God you have not known. Both of them you're not to be afraid of. You're actually to have a rock party with them. You're to put their, you're to silence their tongue. Just That's what it says. And as a result... It also tells us that God sends false prophets among the people to see whether or not they love God or not. It's, it's a test. So if you're succumbing to the likes of a Benny Hinn, uh, a Paula White, a Kenneth Copeland, a Joel Osteen, a T.D. Jakes, or a Creflo Dollar, or you know any number of these false teachers, false prophets... You might want to examine yourself as to where you stand with the Lord. Look, I had some of that come in, and thank God he opened my eyes to what was going on. I'm not saying people can't be deceived who are true believers. I'm not saying that. But I'm telling you, if you continue on in that, how is the truth teaching you? How is it teaching you? First John tells us the Spirit of God teaches us, you know, all these things. We don't need a teacher. He, and I'm not saying we don't need the gifts of teaching in the church. We obviously do. Ephesians 4 says that we have that. God's given it for a purpose. But what I'm saying is he leads us into truth. So check that out at, at sonsoflibertymedia.com. There's a video that goes along with it, too, to show you where these got prosperity preachers, oh, you know, I'm sorry about that. Uh, Joyce Myers and Creflo Dollar and I don't know, several of these other, some of these people I've never heard. I just don't follow any of this stuff. 
I the last I heard of that I dealt with real false teachers in any serious way was uh, Hank Hanegraaff's excellent stuff on, I think it was Christianity in Crisis. There's a book for that, but there was also an audio cassette. I don't even know if they make the CDs anymore, but I still have the audio cassette. There was also the other one, Counterfeit Revival, which was a book and a tape. And the, the cassettes actually played these guys in context, saying what they were saying. It was utter heresy. These are devils. These are not Christians. They're not believers. They're false teachers. They're false prophets. Warned about in Second Peter chapter 2. Jude chapter, well, Jude is only one chapter. So in the book of Jude, they're all warned about there. And Peter, Peter's saying they're coming. And Jude's saying they're already here. And they're still here in our day. We still have these kind of guys. Also, sonsoflibertymedia.com, Envoy Air, Air Pilot dies suddenly. And I'm pretty sure it was the COVID shot because all these airlines were passing this stuff off, weren't they? They were telling them to take the shot. They were mandating them and they were going to fire them if not. And then also at Sons Liberty Media, do you guys remember when we told you about the um, the Chinese police are being established here in the United States among other states is New York. Got their own police station to, to look after their own people. I don't know if you remember, I think it was Dr. Lee Merritt when she was on the show. One of the things that she said was uh, that she was talking about was the, the the workers and I forget the different names they had for them but they worked on the railroads and they shaved their head bald except for this little spot in the back of their head and at the back of their head they would grow this long braided ponytail and if they didn't wear this thing well then the Jap the Chinese would come over I think it was the yeah the Chinese would come over and they would kill them if they saw them without that because they were owned they were they were slaves of the Chinese government I thought how are they doing that on U.S. soil well, it looks like they're trying to do the same kind of stuff. Yeah, same thing. Muslim communities too, South. I've seen that in New York too. You've got your Sharia police where they're they're wearing their little garb. They've done their cars up like NYPD as though they have some kind of authority there to do it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm for the militia. You know what I mean? I, I, I talked about that and putting it in place and... and Everything else. But these guys are trying to enforce something that is counter to the law of God. There are some things that coincide with that, but they're trying to co they're trying to uh, enforce something counter to the law of God and counter to the laws that we have in the United States of America. So <clears throat> anyway, keep that in mind, because now what we're seeing is. There are Canadian police coming across the border and surveilling Americans at gun shows. You, many of you probably didn't even hear this story. Only local outlets covered it in Montana. Uh, this one is really interesting, though. Um, from what I'm understanding, there was a Royal Canadian Mounted Police officer who was in the state of Montana. Was it Big Falls? I think is the name of the city there or whatever. Uh, anyway, he was there at a lawful gun show, Canadian plates, black vehicle, watching everybody come in and out. He was working with the unconstitutional ATF, by the way, the same guys who walked hundreds of guns across the border and then tried to you know, pad Obama, the great usurper, to attack you and I as lawful gun owners, 
Remember that? Yep. They were working with the ATF because Justin Castro Trudeau has told his people, you don't, you can't buy any firearms anymore. Now, if that guy, I'm going to, I'm going to hold my tongue on what I want to say about that guy. Because it's what the people should do to that guy. And you can read between the lines. I'll let you read between the lines. I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to let you read between the lines in Canada of what you need to do with those people, like Trudeau and those who support him. And if you don't do it, he's going to do it to you. He's going to do it to you. But in either case, they found out this was going on. They didn't notice. They didn't notify the sheriff there. Sheriff Slaughter. How do you like that name? I, I like that Sheriff Slaughter came in and shut it down, but there's a part within the article that I give you that Sheriff Slaughter basically said he had claimed if he had been aware, he could have allowed the investigation to continue, to which I ask, if you're a constitutional sheriff, why in the world would you have allowed the investigation to continue, especially with a foreign agency like the RCMP? That doesn't sound constitutional to me, guys. Just telling you. Doesn't sound constitutional. I, I was going to reach out to him and see. I may still reach out to him and see if he wants to come on and tell us about it. And I want to ask him about that. Why would you allow this to go on? It's none of Canada's business what goes on in Montana. None. Frankly, it's none of ATF's business what goes on in Canada. And I don't know when we're going to get that through our heads. If you're a constitutional sheriff, you can tell the feds to just take a flying leap unless they're doing something that's actually constitutional. You can tell them to take a flying leap. And then even if they're doing that, you can tell their agents to skedaddle and then you go and deal with it because they're unconstitutional. If they're unconstitutional, that means they're lawless. If they're lawless, that means they're thugs. If they're thugs, that means they're in a little gang. Let's just break it down to what they are. No matter what their demeanor is, no matter what they profess with their mouth, or even sometimes do in their private lives, they're part of that gang. It is lawless. It's not part of the law. It's not part of our Constitution. The law enforcers are the militia, period. It doesn't say the militia, the National Guard, the ATF, the CIA, any other government entity that you want to create out of thin air. It says the militia. That's you and me, men. That's you and me. So with that said, now that the rant's out of the way, that one really burned me up because I'm sitting here. That got virtually no, I mean, I did a search on it. The only people covering it were local outlets and a couple of alternative media. Even that was very limited too. And that was back in, I think, September, but they started reporting it in, in October. I found it from the guy over at Guns and Gadgets. I'd love to get that guy on. I, I really like some of his reports uh, that he provides as well. So all of that's really good. Okay, we've got um, we got a call coming in here, and uh, you know I opened up the phone line, so I asked for it. So uh, this looks like uh, maybe Carol Ann. Good morning, Carol Ann. You got it, Tim. <laughs> Good morning to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. It's great to talk to you. Um, I am just so grateful for you for um, these early mornings without you. I don't know what I do. <laughs> I'm so grateful for the six o'clock. Um, but as you know, I am so grateful to God for, for saving me. Um, Amen. I was saved on the 28th of March, 
um, 2021, I gave can, my life to Jesus. And can you tell people a little bit about what you came out of? Yeah, so um, just to give you my quick testimony, I was um, an unpracticing Catholic, a non-practicing Catholic most of my life, raised up in the Northeast, and uh, I had attended a friend, I moved to North Carolina, my husband and I, um, 2009. And um, I tried a couple of Catholic churches, didn't feel anything, and just kind of walked out and didn't have any connection, was just lost walking around down here. And um, a friend of mine, it's an odd, okay, an odd connection. So one of my husband's best friends growing up, his in-laws live about six miles from us here in Willow Spring, North Carolina. Yeah, God just put them there. And uh, she passed away in March, and I went to her funeral at their Baptist church, and I heard about a relationship with Jesus Christ and I'd never really heard it put that way before. Mm. Um, and so I went back to the church the following Sunday and then I went back again and then I went back again to their prayer nights. And um, three weeks later I, I just submitted and I said, yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, amen. Um, it was a, just a really important, you know, day in my life born and reborn and there's been a lot of change in the last year and a half and um grateful to you all because you know i get a lot of information from from you from bradley um but from a lot of people in the chat that have helped me david Deaton sends me some pastors and preachers that i listen to and just the support that i get from you all and the love that i feel is is just i just so grateful so Amen. so thankful for you all just know it Every day when I come in, um, I'm not trying to be faithful. I just love being there. Amen. So, um, yep. so, so thank you so, so much. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And uh, I just wanted to call in and, and let you know. Yeah, it was great to hear from you, Carol Ann. Thank you for your testimony and, uh, and for giving God glory for that. A lot of people in the chat really love you. And I know it's not about checking off a thing of being faithful. It's the thing about you love doing what you're doing. That is being faithful. And uh, thank you for your testimony. I, I praise God for, for the work he's done in your life. Amen. Amen. And uh, I hope you all have a great day and um, see you tomorrow morning. <laughs> yep. We'll be here bright and early. Lord willing, we'll be here. Awesome. Thanks so much. Talk okay. to you later. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. There goes Carol Ann. And uh, there, there's my beep too. So the phone line is open 803-619-9855. You know, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you if you want to call in, you want to give testimony of that, um, yeah, we're happy to hear from you in, in doing that. Thank you, Caroline. We appreciate you very much and your testimony. I, you know, for God to save anybody, I don't care who you are. You can be Mr. Goody Two Shoes all you want, or you can be the most wicked sinner. It, it's still just as easy for God to save one as it is to the, the other. Let me start off with this. If you guys want to call in, I'll take I'll take your call. Um, again, 803-619-9855. This is only for the hour, okay? Because we're going to shut the phone line off after that, okay? Psalm 95. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hand formed the dry land. <clears throat> oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, 
and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. When you give, God, when you give thanks today with your family, uh, we've got a lot, obviously, some more added to uh, our immediate family. Uh, and my mom and dad, I understand, is going to be joining us we, we didn't get together last year because, uh, well, th- there was some belief by some that the convids was an actual thing, but our family got together. And so everybody's going to get together. And I just, I kind of want to see what everybody's thankful for and who they're thankful to. That's just as important as what you're thankful for. Because if it's not to the God who has made all things, both visible and invisible, then what's the point of Thanksgiving? That, that we get to be gluttons and drunkards? Is that what it is? Is that what it's all about? Is it all about a turkey? Is it all about the feasting? Now, I'm for feasting. I think that God has given for his people to feast. There's a time for fasting. There's a time for feasting. Just like there's a time for peace and there's a time for war. We have all those things. But I'm curious to see what are people thankful for? You just heard Carol Ann call in. Thankful for the show. Thank you. Uh, I praise God for that. I, anything good comes out of me um, is clearly from God because there ain't nothing good in me. As Jesus said, there is none good. No, not one. Only God is good. And giving thanks for her friends in the chat. Uh, giving thanks for what God had done in her life. But there's there's so much more to it than that. You know, we're told, we're told over and over again, we're, we're taught even in the Old Testament, uh, there's, a, there's a thanksgiving offering that can be given. Thanks is always given to God. We see in the New Testament several passages of Scripture I'm going to share with you this morning. This comes from Colossians chapter 4. Masters, given to your servants that which is just and equal knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. So if you're in in this society, if you're an employer, you should treat your employees justly and as equals, not as though you're above them, even though you have an authority over them as an employer, but as equals. Why? Because you've got a master in heaven, one who's over you. And then it says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. With all praying also for us that God would open to us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds that I make me manifest as I ought to speak, walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. So what is he saying? He's saying, guys, when you pray, you ought to pray expecting to go ahead and give God Thanks for it. In fact, when you pray asking for something, why not say, thank you, Lord, that you hear my prayer and that you're going to answer it because I know it's according to your will, if it's according to to his will. Now, if you're out there praying, I want a new Corvette so that I look really good going down the highway, you might as well not even pray that because that's not according to his will. It's really not. 
You pray those things according to what he's revealed in his word, and you can look with expectation, going ahead and thanking him ahead of time before for how he's going to answer that prayer. Why? Because it's his will. I want to talk about that in just a minute. Now, for today, <laughs> and I'm going to tap off of something that Carol Ann brought out because Carol Ann came out of the Roman Catholic system, which is apostate. It's a false church. Our Reformed forefathers, and, and even those before, before them, called them out as apostate. Even the Reformers calling the, calling the papacy Antichrist, okay? So they came out of that kind of stuff. And 1 Timothy 4, I think, speaks to things that the Roman Catholic Church were are teaching, did teach, and do teach. Let's take a look at that. 1 Timothy chapter 4, beginning of verse 1, it says, The Spirit expressly, or speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Hmm. Some are going to depart from that. That's what we call apostasy. A falling away. And what do they fall away to? Seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. They're not convicted anymore. As the writer of the book of Hebrews says, you know, if you're going to go back to Judaism, if that's what you want to go back to, you want to go back to the old covenant, that's what you want to go to. Well, guess what? Fearful expectation of judgment for you because you're trampling the blood of Christ under your feet. That's what he told the Hebrews. They have their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry. Let's stop here just a second. I'm not going to get heavy into a lot of doctrine here, except I want to stay on the thankfulness part. But I, I want to make mention of this since I mentioned the RCC. Forbidding to marry. What does Roman what, what do Roman Catholic doctrine, what, is it, what does their dogma teach? Well, they teach their bishops and their priests and all these guys that they're not to marry. They have this vow of celibacy. Where do you see that in Scripture? You don't. Now, Paul was single. He said, I wish many of you were like I am so that you could just give yourself to the ministry that the Lord has. But he also told them, he said, hey, if you don't have that giftedness, you need to get a wife. You don't want to burn and lust. He's talking about lusting. He's, Let every man have his own wife. He teaches those kinds of things. He teaches the good things about marriage. You know, husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. Children, honor your mother and father. Fathers, teach your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. He's all about family. He's not about not being family. In fact, what's interesting is those who teach and, and are, are leading in the church, if you will, the bishops, you know, we use pastor. That's more of a giftedness than it is some kind of title. That's what they do. The bishop is more their, their title. They're an overseer. The one who watches over the over the flock. Well, what are we told in 1 Timothy 3? What are we told in Titus chapter 1? Well, we're told that if you want to be a bishop, one of the qualifications is you, you need to be married. You need to have a wife. You need to have children. Why is that? Why do we have all these single pastors up there? The, 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 the point of the marriage is what? To demonstrate that you can lead your own house, that you can be faithful in your own house. Why? Because Paul tells Timothy, he says, if a man can be faithful in his house, he can't be faithful among the people of God. Okay? 
So that's why that is. But what does what does Rome do? It says, nope, if you're going to be in this position, you can't you can't be married. They do that to the nuns, too, by the way. That's a doctrine of devils. Sorry, it's a doctrine of devils. It is. They also do this and command to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. So here you got um, the Paul clearly saying, saying that there's going to be false teachers who say you need to abstain from meats too. When does that happen? Hmm. And you guys familiar with what is that? Fat Tuesday, Lent Wednesday. What, what, I don't I don't know all the stuff. A lot of it takes place down there. It's a mockery of the gospel. It's using the grace of God for licentiousness, as as Paul says. It's saying, oh, you know, we can go do all the dirty deeds we want to do, and then come tomorrow, we'll go out there and we'll express our repentance. It isn't real repentance. We'll just kind of say it is. And part of that is abstaining from meats. Rome has taught that stuff, too. That's followed over into some Protestant churches as well, sadly. Those are doctrines of devils. Those are seducing spirits. Some of you say might say, well, doesn't Kate talk about it? Yeah, but Kate doesn't say you can't eat meat. She just says, if you want to get healthy, it's probably a good thing to put that stuff away and do the vegetables, the, the things, the herbs and things that God has put in the creation immediately that we would read about in Genesis chapter 1. Now, she would advise against as little meat as possible. Again, she, she uses the term, don't put a half a cow on your plate. Well, I know some people who do pretty much that. I used to be one of them. I can't even eat half a plate now, much much less a whole one. But here we see we're to give thanks for what we have. This comes right in, in line with what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be feasting with our families. We're going to be enjoying our time of fellowship with them, seeing the work of God in their lives and giving him thanks for that. And we're gonna, hopefully we're going to thank God for what he's provided for us, whether it be the food, a, a, a warm house or a cool house, depending on which place you're in in the world. The blessings of life he's given us, whether it's a wife, a husband, children. Little things like running water. Oh, man, if you've ever been in one of those power outages where you got to go down like I do down to the creek, and fill up five-gallon buckets and bring them back up just to flush the toilet. <laughs> Running water is a serious blessing. It really is. Electricity, you ever had that knocked out? Can't take a hot shower or any... Those things are blessings to us. And we should be thankful for them. There's other passages... We're told that um, <clears throat> in Psalm 50, he says in verse 11, I know all the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer unto God thanksgiving. 
By the way, the writer of Hebrews, I believe it is, says we offer him the sacrifice of praise, which is what? The fruit of our lips. Again, something's going on in the kitchen. Again, 803-619-9855. If you want to jump in, offer the sacrifice of praise to our great God and give him glory and give him thanks. Pay thy vows unto the Most High and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. But unto the wicked, God saith, what hast thou to do to declare my statutes? Or that thou shouldest take my covenant in thy mouth, seeing thou hatest instruction and castest my words behind thee. See, if you're, this is the dividing line of the people. It is not Republican, Democrat. It's not conservative or liberal. It's not any of that kind of stuff. Who is on the Lord's side? And who's on who is against the Lord? That's that's the dividing line of humanity. Has nothing to do with your skin color, nothing to do with your gender, nothing to do with political affiliations. It has to do with are you on the Lord's side or are you not? Pick a side, get on it, fight on that side. And God says, offer to him thanksgiving, give glory unto him. Okay. One of my favorites here that I preach to myself quite often and I have preached and I just simply say it as proclaiming that I don't, I don't necessarily say, think that screaming and hollering and sweating and getting red and everything else is inspiration. It might be perspiration, but it it isn't necessarily inspiration. I understand passion and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with passion. Um, God has put that within us as well, but my preaching sometimes is very soft and to the point. And I would often quote this to my kids, to my wife, to, to myself. I, there's probably not a day that goes by that I don't quote this passage out to myself. Because I tend to want to focus on the problem at times. Instead of looking towards a solution to it. So here's what we see in Philippians chapter 4. Paul says, And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, Help those women which labored with me in the gospel, which Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now, that one right there, that's easy to sing, isn't it? But it's, sometimes it's kind of hard to do, especially when you're in the midst of trouble. When your enemies are surrounding you. When, you know, things, ugh, I can't even tell you <laughs> some of the stuff that's gone on in the house. Got word yesterday of the computer. Uh, they just sent that out. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to get that back Saturday. And they're telling me, oh, well, you know, we're going to cover the video thing, but it looks like you got some kind of liquid damage or something. So you're going to have to pay for a keyboard. The keyboard was like $100 on this thing, on this laptop, and $75 to do the thing, stuff we don't have. But you know what? I sat there and I thought, God, you know, okay, we got to have it. We're going to do it. And Lord, we're going to trust you in that. And it's always something. You guys probably have it too around your house. You've got stuff that happens and you go, how are we going to sit here and do this? Deal this. Well, rejoice. And Paul says, and again, I say rejoice. He didn't just say rejoice always. He said, again, I'm telling you, just in case you didn't get it the first time, you need to rejoice. And he says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. And he says, be careful for nothing or be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, 
let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Hmm. And then he tells you this. Now, this is something that we brought up on, on the show, on this on Saturday's show with Kate, because we've talked about not only clean eating, clean drinking, but we've, we've talked about clean thinking, right? And he says this, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. So what's he saying here? He's saying, well, if you're a little concerned about things, one, I would say, remember the words of Jesus. Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow because it's got enough to, you got enough to worry about or to deal with today. Okay. Tomorrow's got its own concerns, but you got enough to deal with today. And you're not even promised tomorrow. Neither am I. So we're, we're not to do that. And then he comes along and he says, in everything, pray, offer prayers to God, and supplications, petitions, with thanksgiving, and let those be made known to God. God already knows what you need before you need it, does he not? Yeah, he certainly does. He doesn't need you to tell him what you need. Yet, you're to do it so that he receives the glory for it. I told you that story, um, <clears throat> that little story about the lady in the apartment building. And uh, she lived above a guy who, uh, who was a professed atheist. He was you know, mocking her for her faith in the Lord. And um, so one night it got real quiet and she didn't have any groceries and she didn't have money to get the groceries. And so she began to pray for God. Now, again, this is a fictitious story. It makes a great point, though. And maybe it's a true story somewhere. I don't know. But she began to pray to God. And she said, you know, Lord, I need groceries. You've been faithful to provide for me. I love you. I've sought to honor you with everything that I am. And you know what I need. So I'm going to leave that in your hands. And she went to bed. And the guy was listening to her praying. And he was laughing. I'll show that old lady. So he went out and he bought a bunch of groceries for her. Brought it to her front door, knocked on the door. The lady opened up the door. And um, he said, yeah, I heard you praying to your God last night. Um, well, he's not answered you, has he? But I brought you some groceries. Have a nice day. And she looked at him and she goes, oh, he answered me. Even if he had to get the devil to deliver, he answered me. And uh, I thought that's a great point. Because people don't understand what, what is really motivating them, what is really pushing them, how they are being used even in the spiritual realm. And yet Paul says in all things, we're to, get, we're to pray, we're to offer supplication with thanksgiving to God and let him know our requests and grant them. There's a lot to be thankful for. Um, you know, Carol Ann called in and gave uh, some things that she's thankful for. Praise God for that. And, you know, there are things that uh, this boy's thankful for, too. Um, you know, uh, God has been good in our house. Again, despite my own failings and sins and mistakes and everything else. Um, the Bible says that uh, a man that finds a wife finds a good thing. And... Um, 
the Lord was very kind to me um, about my wife. She puts up a lot. She does a lot. She uh, loves her family. I was telling somebody yesterday that, uh, you know, when we got married and things we, God immediately began to convict us over certain things and we said, okay, we're just going to trust you with children. We're going to trust you with a home. We're going to trust you with her being here and you providing for us through me or however you're going to do it. And, you know, she, of our marriage, I think she worked about 10 months, something like that. And um, when she left, she left for good. And she's given her life here to me and the children and uh, everything. And and I, I, I just... I praise God for my wife. I, I'm so thankful for her, um, who she is, the person that she is, and what she does. On top of that, children. You know, again, they're a blessing from the Lord. I read to you guys Psalm 127, 128. We read that to all our kids when they were born. We wanted them to know from the earliest moments that we could that they were a heritage. They were a gift from God, not a cliche that we say, they're really a gift from the Lord. And the Bible says they're like arrows in the hands of a mighty man. Blessed is the man who has a quiver full of them. And you know, the, the arrows are there not for target practice. They're there to do damage to the enemy. They're there to do damage to the enemy. They're not there to fly up with a sharp point and stop in their face and proclaim, Oh, hey, God loves you and has a great plan for you. No, they're to destroy the enemy. That's what arrows do. And so I'm thankful to God for all of my children. I, I'm thankful that daily he meets our needs. And sometimes I can't even, I, I, I look back and I think and I go, how did this happen? Because sometimes it doesn't just come from the normal means that God gives me through working. It, it doesn't give. It doesn't come that way. It comes from other people. It'll come out of nowhere for, you know, an affiliate deal that I have on some of the websites. It comes through a lot of ways. It'll come through just people being kind to us. But most of all, there's one thing that people should give thanks for. And that is the fact that the Creator did not destroy us from the beginning, nor has He destroyed us now. In fact, we should give thanksgiving for what He has done. I didn't get to pull this one up. And I think we have enough time where I might can uh, just uh, read this passage because this one is one that uh, is a big one for, you know, what we are to be engaged in as far as the giving of thanks. We're to remind our kids. This is one of the things that I think Bradley really hits on when he talks about uh, being having gratitude and being thankful. Um, is understanding what God has done, not just in the days of the Bible, but in our own day and even prior to that, what has led us up to that? But here's Psalm 78. And again, this is a one where, you know, the, the fathers are presenting what God's wonderful works that he has done 
for their forefathers. And this is what it says. My scale of Asaph, give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children. Did you get that? Showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make known, make them known to their children. That's Deuteronomy 6. That's what he's referring to. That the generation to come might know them. What? Know what? The commands and the wonderful works of God. That he's real. That he did this for our forefathers. He'll do it for us. He'll do it for you. That the generation to come might know them even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. Christianity is generational. I don't know if you guys get that. Some of you do. I know you do. It's generational. It's multi-generational. What you pass down to your children, hopefully they're going to pass down to their children, and then their children are going to pass it down to their children. It is generational. that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation. That's first Corinthians 10, where we learn from those. I, I read that off the other week. We learn from Israel, rebellious Israel, not to do what they did. A generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. The children of Ephraim being armed and carrying bows turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in his law and forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zone. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through, and he made the waters to stand as in heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud and all the night with a light of fire. He claved the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink out of the great depths. He brought streams out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers, and they sinned yet more against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. So God gave them everything they needed, good health, food, water, protection. And what did they do? They rebelled against him. And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Yea, they spake against God and said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock that the waters gushed out, and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Therefore the Lord heard this and was wroth. Uh, so a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came up against Israel, because they believed not in God. And trusted not in salvation. Now, I want you to think about that a second because the people said they believed. They would even, at one point coming out of Egypt, they would erect a golden calf and they would say, This is Jehovah. This is the God who brought you out of Egypt. And later on, we see the division of the northern and southern kingdoms. And they said, We're going to do like our fathers. We're going to make golden cows here and we're going to have them up here. And you can worship here. You don't have to go down to Jerusalem. These are the gods. This is, this is Jehovah. They said something with their mouth, but their hearts were far from him. That's what was going on here. 
And though he commanded the clouds from above and, and opened the doors of heaven and had rained down manna upon them to eat and had given them of the corn of heaven, man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven, and by his power he brought in the south wind. He rained flesh upon all, also upon them as dust and feathered fowls, like as the sand of the sea. And he let it fall in the midst of their camp, round about their habitations. So they did eat and were well filled, for he gave them their own desire. They were not estranged from their lust, but while they, their meat was yet in their mouths, the wrath of God came upon them and slew the fattest of them and smote down the children men of Israel. Their blessing became a curse to them. And yes, God should get glory for that too. Running out a little bit of time here. And one of the things I want to make mention of here is this. There is a place where God, there is no, there's no mercy. There's no mercy. He's done with you. But as we read earlier, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart towards him. As these people did. And they suffered his wrath. Rather, be repentant, be humble, cry out for mercy, and you will have it. And how can you have that? The one thing that is most prominent, that should be most prominent in our thanks, is that God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born of a virgin, born under the law, kept the law. He was the one in which the father said he was well pleased to listen to him. He's the one who makes it even possible to give thanks. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Has he not given himself as a perfect sacrifice for sinners? Has he not demonstrated that he loves sinners in doing so? Yes, he has. Yes, he has. And what do sinners do? Sinners trample on the blood of the Son of God and say, I'll have none of that. I can... I got it all together. I got it on my own. But the command to you, rebellious one, is to repent. The king is not in negotiations. He has simply sent a message to you of repentance. And that's his terms. And if you don't abide by them, he will slay you. He will slay you. Guys, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving, great time with your family. Take time to give praise to God before them. Give thanks unto Him for all things. Carol Ann, thank you for calling in your testimony. Praise God for that. Bradley, be with you at 3. We'll talk to you in the morning at 6 a.m. Lord willing, see you then.